Studio. So for muscle tissues also or muscle cells also uh, to be able to repair, uh, they need certain time. And this time is mapped with your sleep cycle. Without taking adequate rest, let's say you worked out for one hour, you took a break of half an hour, and then you worked out for another one hour. First of all, that stress is not getting over. Uh, ideally, the stress should get over. Otherwise, it will convert into chronic stress. Right? So stress is not bad for your body. Your body can recover from stress by making you stronger, but it cannot recover from chronic stress. Right? And so to avoid any sort of chronic stress on your body, um, you have to sleep or you have to break the cycle of stress. This is episode number 123 of The Inspiring Talk with Jitendra Choksi. Welcome back inside yet another episode of The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm your host for this show. Each week, I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. This episode of The Inspiring Talk is your fitness masterclass. Jitendra has been a guest in this show on episode 105, where he shared his journey of building a fitness startup called Fitter. In this episode, we go to the basics of staying fit. We talk about fundamental science of staying fit, losing fat, gaining muscles, and becoming a fitter version of yourself. And I don't think there could have been a simpler explanation than this conversation to understand the core of your fitness journey. Even if you are someone who has no clue of where to start in your fitness journey, if you are confused by all the jazz and jargon that you hear on the internet, this is it. This episode is going to break down everything that you need to know about understanding how your body functions and how you can take that first step in becoming a fitter version of yourself. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome back inside yet another episode of the Inspiring Talk podcast. I'm very excited to have Jitendra Choksi once again in the show. This time, we're going to talk about fitness. We're going to talk about different myths that circulate around fitness, how you can get fitter. And if you're someone who is looking at losing fat, what are the myths that are out there and how you can lose fat? And Jitendra is going to drop a lot of scientific facts. He's going to share a lot of insights from his experience of building his own body and also helping thousands of people through Fitter community. Jitendra, welcome back to the show. Thanks a lot, Vijay. It's always good to be here. And uh, I hope I'd be able to share enough. So thank you so much for inviting me. No doubts about that. Last time you were here, a lot of people wrote back saying that they really enjoyed your journey of becoming a Fitter version of yourself and getting into this journey of building Fitter. This time we're going to get into the core of it and, you know, dive deep into the whole world of fitness and try and bust some myths. So I want to start by talking about if someone wants to start the fitness journey, where should they begin? Like, what is the first step? Okay, I want to get fit. Where should I begin? I think it's a, it's a lot like asking about anything else, pretty much. Fitness is not really an isolated aspect of your life. It's, it's much like anything else. Uh, whether you want to get fit, whether you want to um, get wealthy, whether you want to achieve a better social status. Uh, all these things start with a firm belief that first 
I want to do it, right? You visualize. And then the second stage of this process is learning how other people have gone there, so understanding the science of it, right? So the first thing is that you have to decide that you want to get fit. And the second step is educating yourself, understanding the fundamentals, and then uh, staying on the process, staying consistent. It requires a little bit of discipline. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. Right? So it's a simple three-step process. You visualize, you educate yourself, and then stay consistent with the process till you achieve it. You mentioned educate, Jitendra, but like everything else, there's a lot that's out there in the internet, right? And it's often you come across a lot of advice from a lot of people. And particularly with fitness, you will find a lot of them to the point where you just completely are confused and you just don't know whom should you listen and whom you should not be, right? So let's say if we have to simplify, okay, let's break this down. Let's remove all the fuss and let's get to the core of the science. And what is the fundamental science that I need to understand about staying healthy? The fundamental, the very basic thing about staying you know, healthy. The most fundamental science is that your body is a machine and it follows some of the fundamental laws of the universe. Uh, one of the key fundamentals is the law of energy balance, which is extremely important. If you eat more than what you require, your body is going to use that additional energy and store it in the form of triglycerides. fats. If you eat less, your body is going to try and shed any additional energy that you have stored in your fat stores for using it for your day-to-day, right? So energy balance is the most important thing that comes into play when it comes to gaining weight or losing weight. The other thing is, just like you can't just park your car in the garage and expect it to be pretty and healthy all the time, in a similar manner, your body needs activity on a regular basis, right? So two key things, one is your nutrition and second is your training. Apart from this, Everything else, pretty much everybody already does because your body forces, right? So sleep, water, all these things are there to support you in this. But the biggest struggle that people face in today's time is understanding the nutrition part of it and the training part of it. Now, training part of it can also be simplified to an extent wherein you just move. Now, this movement can range from different kinds of movements, be it walking, be it running, uh, be it lifting weights or any sort of activity. And generally, I tend to tell people to uh, engage in sports, um, which can be a little challenging, and then they can get better at sports, right? So that takes care of your training part. Then the only thing which is uh, remaining is your nutrition part. As long as you understand that if you eat more than what your body requires on a day-to-day basis, you will gain weight. If you eat less, and what your body requires on a day-to-day basis, you will lose weight. This is the underlying science. Then we move on to the next. What to eat, how much to eat, how do you calculate your body's capacity and everything? That's like you're graduating from nursery to standard one, then from standard one to standard two. And eventually, when you get into the science of it, uh, someday even calculus will feel like it's style's play, right? So, so that's how you progress. So absolute basic is understanding that your body is a machine and it follows universal laws, much like everything else out there. All right. So now that, you know, we have the understanding of fundamentals that I know that if I'm looking at losing weight, I need to put less than, you know, what I'm consuming or what my body is consuming. And if you want to gain, then you put more than what you are using. That's how you gain. But I want to take each of these different things as a different scenarios. So I'm sure every single person who's listening to the podcast 
would have different objectives, right? For example, for me, the goal for me right now is to gain muscles. I need to play the different game. And there are people who want to lose fat. Then, you know, they, they have to look at doing different things. So let's begin from somebody like me, let's say who want to gain muscles. Now, if I want to gain muscle, right? At the same time, I, want, I don't want to gain fat. Then like, how do I find that balance? Do I need to start lifting or normal physical activity will do? Right. So understanding that different people have different goals, we'll have to understand macronutrients and their roles in the body, right? And then we'll have to touch upon training a little bit. So the food that we consume on a regular basis, it could be your homemade food, it could be even junk, or it could be, you know, the food which is termed unhealthy. All of these food items, they consume, uh, they constitute of some, some major macronutrients. And the reason we call them macronutrients is because they're present in larger quantities, right? So fats, protein, carbohydrate, fiber, water. These are the major five macronutrients. We're not going to touch upon alcohol because it's not relevant for this context, right? So we have five major macronutrients, which we can derive from any food that we eat on a regular basis. Now, depending on what kind of food that you're consuming, whether it's green vegetables, whether it's uh, protein-rich foods, whether it's carb-rich foods, the macronutrient composition um, that comes from these foods varies, right? So first off, I'm going to talk about carbohydrates and we are going to talk about fats and then we are going to talk briefly about proteins. Carbohydrates are the most efficient fuel sources that exist in your body, right? So when you consume any sort of carbohydrates or a carbohydrate laden food, it breaks down right from your mouth to your stomach to intestines and then this breakdown yields glucose, which is the end and substrate, which then further gets utilized by your body to generate something what we call as ATP or adenosine triphosphate, which is the energy currency of the body, right? So similarly, when you have fat intake, your fat breaks down into fatty acids, which can then either, depending on what state your body is in, can either be stored in your body or can then further be utilized directly by your organs. So your body can conveniently burn glucose. It will find a little bit of challenge in burning fatty acids, but your body does not like burning amino acids, which you get from protein. Right, So you have two sources, one is carbohydrates, one is fats. Both can work as energy sources in your body. And then you have protein, amino acids, which can help you in wear and tear and repair. Right Now, coming to muscle building, right? you have to understand what is muscle and why do we need muscles. So if you see a human structure, uh, you have the most underlying structure. That's, without getting into details, you have bones. Then bones are connected to a connecting tissue where you have ligaments, you have tendons, and then you have muscles. Muscles is what gives you mobility, right? Your bones cannot move on their own. So your muscles move your bone. In essence, muscles are required for you to function. The stronger muscles you have, the better you can function in a simple manner. So when somebody says, I don't want muscle, you already have muscles. The stronger muscles you have, the more functional you will become. Now, in order for you to become uh, stronger, you need to have stronger muscles, but your body has a condition. It's only going to make muscles stronger if the existing muscles are not strong enough, which means that you will have to test them, which means you'll have to go and lift something or do an activity just slightly more difficult for you. And then what will happen is your body will undergo wear and tear, which means that your muscle tissues will start breaking. And now, because your body knows that your muscle tissues are not strong enough, what it will do is it will in initiate a repair process. This repair process, with the help of right protein, 
uh, right protein intake, sleep and time and everything will start repairing your muscle tissues. And every time your muscle tissues get repaired, they tend to become stronger and stronger and stronger. So that's how you build muscles, right? So if you want to keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger, you have to keep lifting heavier or you have to keep doing the same activity over and over and over again and make it more and more challenging. That's how you build muscles. So you build muscles and you make your muscles stronger by doing the same activity over and over with increased amount of physical stress. And to support this, you need water, you need protein, you need adequate rest, you need adequate micronutrients, right? So I hope this concept is clear. Now, to lose fat, lose fat is actually a part of losing weight. Uh, Your body is made out of four four key constituents. I mean, I'm not going to talk about bone and all. So Jitendra, before we move to losing fat, I want to ask a couple of things on, you know, building the muscle pit, right? So thanks for explaining it so well that I think I myself did not know the whole process on how the whole muscle building phenomenon works, right? And that that was really insightful. So now what you're saying is for you to build muscle, there are two key things that we're looking at. One is putting our muscle through the test, which is resistance, which is through, uh, you know, workout, through lifting weights. That's That's where we are putting our muscles to the test. And because of the wear and tear, and we want to repair it. And that wear and tear now need to be repaired. And for that, we need nutrition, right? And for that, that's where the protein kicks in. But again, you know, there's a lot of fuss about protein. So tell us, like, how do you determine the right amount of protein for you when you are, you know, doing the, uh, let's say, strength training or resistance training? Well, protein needs uh, vary from individuals to individuals, right? And depending on uh, your age, your weight, your background, your physical activity, uh, you can come at a definitive formula. But the general recommendations for protein intake varies from 0.8 gram per kg to 1.2 gram per kg. These are the uh, these are in line with what the Indian government also recommends, right? Um, in the US, the guidelines are a little different. And for athletes, the guidelines are different. For the kids, the guidelines are different. For elderly, it is different. But what I typically suggest is that you calculate your existing protein requirements, which means that you calculate how much protein are you currently taking on a regular basis. You increase 10 to 20% along with exercise. And then if you don't feel any issues and if you feel like you're getting stronger, keep bumping up this protein, right? I'm not saying you keep bumping it indefinitely, but if you are not feeling any issues, you can easily go up to, let's say, 100, 150 grams of protein on a regular basis. But it also depends on uh, you matching with the right kind of activity. If you are athletic, if you are, if you are a sports person, you can um, easily bump your protein intake to from 100 to 150. And if you are tall enough, you are heavy enough, you can even bump it up to 200 grams. Right? So it all varies. It depends. But general recommendation is calculate what you are already taking and then bump it by 20%, see where you are at, and try to be in this, the minimum recommended values, you should at least meet those minimum recommended values over a period of time, if not immediate. So 0.8 gram to 1.2 gram per kg of body weight. If you don't meet this, then what will happen is, uh, your body will not be able to maintain your muscle mass. And as you keep getting older and older, the body tends to lose muscles, uh, age-related sarcopenia. And so if you want to hold on to your muscles, you have to provide nutrition. Got it. And th- there are also people like who go and focus a lot on weight and so on and so forth. And if you do not supplement that with your protein, let's say adequate amount of protein, then then you are losing your muscle mass. Is that what you're saying? 
again, there are there are a lot of boundary cases. There are a lot of edge cases where where people without sufficient amount of protein intake can also maintain their muscles, but that would require very extreme amount of resistance training and uh, where your body adapts, right? But those will be extreme cases. But in general, yes, if you do not supplement it with the right amount of protein, uh, you will lose muscles. So for general population, um, you will lose muscles, yes. Got it. Okay. Also, one of the things is like when it comes to workout, what I also see a lot of people discounting is the role of rest, right? Because as you have said that the whole process of building muscle include two parts of it, right? So one is training and another is uh, like putting your muscles into stress and another is recovering. And for that recovery to happen, you need your body to rest. Tell us, tell us more about that, what role the entire process of resting plays in building the muscles. Got it. And it is not just in the, in the context of muscles, it's, it's throughout your body, right? Your body grows through stress. Your body grows through stress. And the muscle tissues or any tissues for that matter, think of them as individual tissues, right? Just like we need to uh, sleep to be able to get up and feel fresh in the morning. The, each individual cells in your body, they go through the similar kind of cycle, right? So they need to eat, they need to function, they need to repair, and then they need to, uh, let's say, perform optimally, right? So for muscle tissues also, or muscle cells also, uh, to be able to repair, uh, they need certain time. And this time, is mapped with your sleep cycle so let's say if you worked out today you know you you worked out today and you did some sort of repair to your muscles and without taking without taking adequate rest let's say you worked out for one hour or you took a break of half an hour and then you worked out for another one hour so what is happening is the stress is not getting first of all that stress is not getting over uh, ideally the stress should get over otherwise it will convert into chronic stress right so stress is not bad for your body your body can recover from stress by making you stronger, but it cannot recover from chronic stress, right? And so to avoid any sort of chronic stress on your body, um, you have to sleep or you have to break the cycle of stress, right? So stress is good for your body. Your body becomes stronger through stress, but chronic stress, which is a prolonged stress without any kind of gap is bad. It's like you go to work, you can perform optimally, but if you just keep working, keep working, your, your work performance gets affected, right? So you work one night in a row, uh, your body can still tolerate. You work two nights in a row, three nights in a row, you will start getting, uh, you know, hallucinations and um, you'll, you'll go bonkers. You won't be able to focus on anything. So it's the same with your body. Stress is good. Chronic stress is bad. And that's why a gap is needed. Rest is needed. So is there any ideal number of days that you recommend to people or it, again, all depends on person to person and how many days you can work out and how many days uh, you can take rest in a week? Well, there's no fixed formula. Of course, the bodybuilding industry, you know, they indulge in different kinds of recommendations and these things. Personally, I work out all seven days a week. Yeah, I work out 365 days, um, all seven days a week. And uh, I believe that, you know, a one hour of workout or 45 minutes of workout can easily be offset through eight hours of sleep on a 24-hour cycle. But if you are, let's say, an athlete, a recreational athlete or or a professional athlete for that matter, where you go through extensive bouts of training, where you're training or performing on peak days for let's say five to six, seven hours, then you need a long duration of rest, then you need longer duration, you know? So so anything which is not routine, anything which is kind of throwing your body off balance, 
would require a little longer to get your body back into balance. I'm working out with the same kind of frequency, same training with a little bit of added stress on a regular basis. So I'm not throwing my body off balance. Right? So that's why I can easily work out for seven days a week. And which is the case for um, 90% of the people out there, they can go ahead and work out seven days a week because they are not throwing their body off balance by, by working out for four to seven hours. But if they do that, for instance, marathoners, right? Once they're on marathons, they definitely need longer periods of rest because marathons can go up to three hours, four hours, sometimes even eight to 12 hours, right? And so they definitely need extended periods of rest so their body can repair all the damage that has been done through that extensive body training. So it means somebody who is, you know, starting, obviously they will need to take a bit more yeah. rest because they haven't been lifting and all of a sudden they started lifting and, you know, yes. uh, all of a yes. sudden your muscles are going, oh, what's happening? Here, right? yes. So you, you want to take more more frequent rest. And, and also you mentioned that you are not putting to the extreme level of stress all of a sudden. It's incremental, but it's like a very, not, not, like a huge difference from what you what you were lifting yesterday to what you are doing today, right? So, you know, once you are at the point where you are almost at the place, like where you're like, yeah, I'm comfortable with this lifting this much and this will help me keep me in shape. Once you reach that point and you can like, okay, now it's more of a routine. I'm not putting to the extreme stress and then you can. See, uh, the intensity of your workouts or the incremental training, the progressive overload, it should always be in tune with what's sustainable. If you try and grow by 1% every day, that's a very sustainable path for you. You know, you can you can put additional 1% efforts, but let's say if you start putting 10% additional efforts, um, you'll suddenly reach your peak. And after that point, you will throw your body off balance, wherein it would either require more rest, or you'll start losing muscles, or uh, you'll start feeling tremendous bouts of hungers. So there's always that risk that you run into when you put yourself to extreme. Now, one 1% every day over a period of time can still make you look like a professional guy who puts in a lot of efforts compared to a beginner. For instance, when we see these cricketers or boxers or or some of the best, best footballers in the world with their incredibly amazing performance on the field, uh, we have to understand the years of training that they've had under the belt, right? So some people have been training for 20 years or more, and that's how they have been able to achieve that. So it's not that they were born talented or uh, you know they did not go through the same learning curve. Everybody goes through that curve. It's just that when you as a beginner look at them, you might be like, oh, I won't be able to do that in one day, and which is, which is absolutely correct. You won't be able to. If they took 20 years, rest assured, you will too. Yeah. That's something which you have to understand. Our time is really important and you're not going to build anything overnight. So we have, you know, discussed extensive about, you know, weight and lifting and workout and exercise, right? Uh, so the one thing that I often see, and, and you must have realized this as well, is a lot of gyms focus a lot on training and workout and very less is spoken about nutrition and, you know, the kind of food that they should be eating and how they should be really supplementing their body. And I myself have been to several gyms and spoken to a lot of people. A lot of focus is there on pushing yourself, stressing on lifting heavier weights, but yet, you know, your gym tra trainer never really tells you that, hey, you know what, you really now need to eat more or maybe, you know, supplement this with this sort of nutrients. So let's say somebody who is beginning in this journey from their regular normal Indian diet, like, you know, they, they are not 
very much physically active or they haven't lift, lifted weight before. Now they are into this process. Okay, I want to build muscles and I'm now, I've now started lifting weight. Now, what are the things that they need to keep in mind when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to eating? You know, one, we already spoke about the protein bit, right? So what are the other things that they should really keep in mind if they have started lifting? Well, although everything matters, I think two of the things which clearly stand out when it comes to nutrition is one is your overall caloric intake. Calorie is basically the unit of energy in your body. So everything that you eat provides you some heat, some energy, uh, which is measured. And the unit is either um, a calorie or joule, right? So some people would already know joule as the energy of heat dissipation. In case of foods, calorie is common norm also, right? So it all depends. So two things clearly stand out. One is your overall calorie intake, which means how much daily calories are you consuming? And the second thing is your protein intake. And then everything else like uh, micronutrients, carbohydrates or fats, uh, they are more like secondary or tertiary things. So if you're a beginner, your first priority should be to calculate how many calories are you consuming. Now remember the energy balance equation that we said, there exists several formulas from harris prendick equation to Meplinger, where they were able to articulate, how do you say, non-accurate but still reliable amount of calories that an individual needs to consume depending on their age, weight, height, body fat percentage, their gender. And using those formulas, you can safely calculate what's your BMR, all the basal metabolic rate. And then using the same formula, you can also add in your activity factor to arrive at something which we call as total daily energy expenditure, which means that after doing all the activities, so first you need some energy even at rest to sustain your body function. Then you have to you need additional energy to be able to sustain your activity levels, right? So it's like it's like a car. Even if it's in neutral, it requires a certain amount of fuel. But if it goes in first gear, second gear, it will require a delta amount of fuel, which is slightly more, right? So when you combine all the fuel together, which is when the car is in neutral and it's going, let's say, X amount of miles, uh, you will be able to calculate that my car's tank capacity is this much, this much is the fuel that I need. And this is precisely what everybody does, right? If you travel from Pune to Mumbai, uh, the first thing that you will check in your car is how much fuel I need. In a similar manner, by calculating your body's day-to-day activity levels, you would be able to arrive at something called as a total daily energy expenditure. Now, let's say your total daily energy expenditure comes to about 2,400 calories. If you want to lose weight, what you're going to do is you're going to cut down 200, 300 odd calories from 2200 calories, and then you will start experiencing weight loss. Now, weight loss could be a function of losing fat, losing muscles, losing glycogen, as well as losing water, right? Weight loss is not fat, fat loss. So, what you do is to be able to just make sure that what you're losing is only fat and not everything else, you start doing resistance training. By engaging in any sort of training, resistance training specifically, you give your body a reason to hold on to muscles while everything else could be spared. In this case, which is fat, right? So you focus first on your overall caloric intake. Then second thing you 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 come to at your protein requirement, which is 0.8 to 1.2 gram per kg. Again, like I said before, you don't have to stick to the recommended amount. Try and cover that recommended amount. And then it can also very well expand depending on your history, depending on what you do. So these two things, once you have formulated, you just have to follow the plan. And that's how simple it is. It does not need to be complicated. So calculate your calorie intake, create a deficit or a surplus, depending on whether you want to lose fat, gain muscles, and then follow, uh, get your protein intake right, and then do some sort of training. So 
that was so simplified that why is it so there's so much fuss so much advice so much stuff out there on the internet so what you've shared it sounds very simple and if you really you know for someone who is just a starter who is beginner it all seems so much fuss it all seems so overwhelming and i think half of the people don't even get started in this journey because they realize that oh my god there's a lot out there and i just don't know how do i begin and uh, while there's a lot about fitness that's there on the internet a lot of people talking about this but i think uh, it seems as if that we have completely forgotten to speak about the fundamental and the basic of how hu- human body functions that's actually the problem you know what happens is we try to look for something which is outside when in reality it's it's all in the fundamentals right like once i explain you how a car functions and you are able to correlate like yeah this is exactly how it works if i put fuel in my car it starts going to x it covers x distance but the minute you tell that your body also behaves in a certain manner people are like how is this possible it can't work in a similar manner you are okay counting your cash you are okay calculating your weight you are okay calculating everything in the world except your food you know when we tell people hey you have to measure your food they're like who measures food so it's a lot of too much gibberish too much misinformation out there on the internet which is which is creating which is resulting in this catastrophe getting fit is extremely simple and if it does not seem simple to you that means you haven't fully understood the fundamentals yet understood so tell me one thing jesse you mentioned about counting body's energy requirement and then putting and working out as per your body's requirement right so is it really that convenient to count what the amount of energy that your body uses and the amount of food that you need to put in actually counting the amount of energy that your body needs is extremely simple there are calculators online you can find calculator inside the fitter app where you uh, look for a bmr calculator and a tdee calculator you need to know these terms bmr is your basal metabolic rate and tdee is your total daily energy expenditure right how much ex- energy your body expends in a day total daily energy expenditure once you type these terms on google or inside the fitter app we directly have these calculators built in it will ask you some details like age weight height body fat percentage and so on and so once you enter them it will give you an exact amount of calories right i mean those are good enough place to start with now once it has given that amount that how much you need to consume then depending on whether you want to lose fat or gain muscles you can increase or decrease calories from that amount right so if your tde comes out to be about 2000 calories if you want to lose fat uh, you reduce 200 you consume 1800 calories on a regular basis if you want to gain weight you add 200 300 odd calories and then you consume 2 300 calories on a regular basis right that's how easy it is now the second part is how do you calculate the macros of food or how do you how do you do calculation of the food part now again this is something which is made very very simple now you have tons of calculators online where all you have to do is just search the food items that you're eating and put them in the quantity that you're eating the rest of the calculation is easily done by these calculators fitter has it diet to log uh, you have apps like uh, my fitness pal uh, you have healthy fire me right so literally thousands of options available for logging your food and it does all the calculation on itself all you have to know is these principal fundamentals right tdee deficit surplus that's all that's great and also you mentioned about the scenario for the people who wanted to lose weight right so you already you know mentioned about if you want to lose weight and you 
intake less amount of calorie, but you want to retain the muscle mass. That's why you do resistant training. So you, you call this something always like a fat burning zone, right? So finding that sweet spot, which is a fat burning zone because you want to just lose or burn your fat. Your body burns fat all the time. Your body burns fat all the time. Your body burns glucose all the time. And there's no such thing called as a sweet fat burning zone. Um, I know like uh, people see that on the treadmills and it says fat burning zone. And, you know, this is where you'll burn most amount of fat. It's actually irrelevant in the context of your 24-hour cycle. And, and long term, that sweet fat burning zone, it looks very appealing, but it has nothing to do with your actual fat loss. You know, what your body goes through in a 24-hour cycle and then over a period of time, what it, what it goes through is what matters. Because at the end of the day, your body is going to lose fat only if it needs to. Wherein you put a demand on your body, because I don't have enough calories to store. So why don't you deplete the existing fat stores so I get some energy for my system? It's as simple as this. You have your car, you have a tank, there's the fuel. But the tank fuel, if, if it goes down, your body kicks in reserves. So your existing body fat stores work as a reserves. So unless until your main fuel tank is running low on fuel, the body will not kick in reserves, right? So all you have to do is just create a demand, which is like take lesser calories than your total daily energy expenditure and your body will automatically start burning fat for fuel. That makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Super. So, so the third scenario here is like for the people, okay, I don't want to lose weight. I don't want to build muscle. I just want to stay fit. I mean, they have to define what do they mean by staying fit. I mean, if, if they think they are fit, uh, then there's then that's the end of the argument. Maybe I'm just I'm just looking at, you know, uh, staying healthy. I don't want to maybe get caught with the chronic illness. Just I just want to stay active or stay fit. Maybe, you know, you just calculate again your calories intake and just take the right amount of it and do basic physical activity. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. It's, it's much like saying, I don't want to get more rich. I want to stay as rich as I am. So yeah, fix your income levels and fix your expenditure. But see, the thing happens is that even though your income and expenditure remain same over the years and you think that you'll be able to maintain yourself, inflation happens, which means that if you are still earning same income after 10 years time, uh, your overall value of your savings or your richness actually goes down. The same happens in the case of body. As you age, you cannot maintain the same levels of fitness. The same level of fitness will bring you down to slightly poorer levels of fitness as you age, right? So the only way to counter age is by putting incremental efforts, right? You can't stay rich unless until you keep getting, keep trying to get more rich. You know, money makes money. That's why people invest. Why does it not happen that people, once they get money, they, they put everything in fixed deposit and just go home and they say, I don't want to earn because everything else happens, right? You, you have inflation, you have uh, incidents, you have accidents, you have deaths, you have people around you. It, there's so many things that keeps on happening, you know, and then sometimes you, you miss a paycheck, right? So, so in a similar case, um, here, it's, it's very difficult to maintain your body in a similar shape unless until you're putting incremental efforts over a period of time. So the whole illusion that I'm fit, I just want to maintain fit, it, it can happen in a short term, but over a period of time, even if you do the same thing, you're automatically slipping because of age. That makes sense. But if you just want to maintain the same weight, calculate your total daily energy expenditure, eat the same amount of calories every single day. You'll stay at the same weight. Jitendra, you have simplified this to such a level 
that are you saying that all the fancy diets that are out there that people talk about and all the fancy stuff that people talk about are at all not required what's your take on that i'm sure you know we all have heard about all these different diets that people are on and what not right so do you think that all is not required if you just understand this simple thing and just take consistent and do it for the long enough i mean those are the simple fundamentals of life right you work hard slightly better than yesterday you try to get better uh, you learn the fundamentals a b c d why aren't we teaching kids calculus in class class 1 2 3 because we know that they don't need calculus that early in their in their life probably they will come a time when they would need that but we start with a b c everywhere right so it's the same with fitness why do you want to start with x y z when your a b c is not clear right so i don't see how fitness should be treated any differently than any other aspect of life it's the same with finance once you once you get let's say let's say get 100 rupees do you start investing in the mutual funds you don't do that right you you probably figure out something which is more relevant for you to do with those 100 rupees right you will try to make 500 rupees out of 100 rupees uh, some people would want to try and purchase a lottery ticket which is where things goes out right so in a similar manner you know some people in the fitness world also try to hit a jackpot by by looking at magical solutions uh, maybe one in a billion times it happens but it does not happen at a at a more frequent number for everybody to get something out of it right so it's almost like an impossible or a bizarre scenario basically what you are saying is there are no quick fixes you have to do the work absolutely super so we have covered about a lot of aspects and i think that uh, and honestly for me it has clarified a lot of things right i've tried to search a lot try and understand but i think there could have been no simpler way of explaining this whole thing to me about understanding like how i really should be thinking about building muscles or whether losing fat that was really really simplified so i'm sure you come across a lot of misconceptions that we have about fitness and myths that a lot of people have and that we keep hearing from our parents from society from gym trainers for that matter or from celebrities for that matter right so what are some of the top myths uh, that we have around fitness i think most of the myths are the original argument that leads to all of these myths is again people looking for quick fixes right and so what happens is people want to do simple stuff sometimes which is extremely extremely simple and expecting that simple stuff to work uh, without understanding the fundamentals for example if i if i explain what i explained to you in the last half an hour uh, most people would get bored because it's it's simple but it still requires your attention your understanding right but it's extremely easy for me to tell you ki yaar start drinking zero water and you'll get fit or start rubbing your nails together to get your hair back right and these kind of stupid myths i get propagated when people are not willing to put any kind of efforts in learning or educating themselves uh, you can't get to calculus unless until you understand basic algebra and you can't understand basic algebra unless until you understand abcd right so everything is a is a is a learning everything is a process right and people need to understand that without learning they will never get anywhere and everybody will take them for a ride for example today people can't fool me because i know my fundamentals i know my basics if somebody comes and says jc i'm going to make you a millionaire i'll tell them to piss off because i know how to be a millionaire myself right in a similar manner if somebody tells you boss i'll make you fit and uh, like overnight or i'll give you this magic solution unless until you know the fundamentals of getting fit you'd probably buy that 
But now that you know that it's it's actually simple, but you still have to learn. And then you can tell him that I don't need this. I know what I have to do. I'll do it. That's it. So most of the myths, they originate when they either captivate on people's fear, their weird imaginations, and their dream of a magic formula. Right? So Also, there are certain foods that people say that this kind of food will make you fatter. Or, you know, for instance, eating rice will make you fat. Or maybe drinking lemon water every single morning will help you dissolve your fat. Yeah, these are all myths and uh, what happens is, again, um, sometimes when people are not willing to educate themselves, people come across different kind of rationale and, and you know, they capitalize because it's, it's content, right? Everybody is out there trying to look for some sort of magic formula which will help them get fit. So everybody out there, you know, who's not trying to educate people is, is trying to give them that magical formula by, uh, you know, giving them different kinds of things like, rice is bad or uh, fat is bad or carbohydrates are bad or there are healthy there are unhealthy foods avocado is the best or how blueberries are the worst and stuff like that antioxidants and this and that so there are there are a lot of things but uh, like i said fitness is extremely simple you just have to be able to understand the process and then put time to that process once you understand the basic tenet fitness nutrition training sleep rest motion nutrition hydration these are these are all very simple terms once you understand all of them you don't have to worry about anything else it's all very simple what about supplements so look supplements again is a, is a very gray area first of all i have maintained very consistently that you don't need supplements if you are getting adequate protein from your diet if you are eating enough dark green leafy vegetables right or unless until you have any sort of deficiency which you can fix by taking your gp's consultation or by adding a multivitamin uh, supplement uh, the reason why i don't endorse supplements or, or or tell people to go for supplements is first if you're talking about democratization of fitness you have to understand what democratization means in a country where people can't even get proper food on time and they have to maintain their budget right most middle class people can't afford expensive supplements. So you have to take a needs of all of those people in mind. If you cannot afford supplements lifelong, then you shouldn't get into the habit of getting supplements. Hmm. The point is simple. If you, if you are doing it and if you are not able to sustain beyond three months or six months, might as well not do it and figure out how you can bridge that gap by eating your regular food. For instance, I consume potatoes, I consume curd, I consume soy, I consume dal and chawal. These are very, very basic ingredients. And when people look at my diet, they, they would probably think, oh, this guy must be eating some sort of super food. The secret is that I eat the same food every single day, right? With a little bit of variety. And I'm, I'm a very simple guy, right? So the secret is consistency. The secret is simplicity. The secret is to be able to adhere to the same boring routine over and over and over again. That's mm -hmm. how you get better at it. There's no secret. The secret is this, discipline, consistency, and sticking to the process. So if you can't afford supplements beyond a three-month, six-month period, you don't need supplements. So the basic question, do you need supplements? No, you don't need supplements. Are supplements good? It depends. Yeah, it depends. If you have deficiencies, if you're not able to complete your whey protein, uh, if you like a little more convenient lifestyle, sure, why not? Now that you have mentioned about, you know, that you consume rice, dal, soya, and potatoes. Want to know like what typically your diet consists of? You have this ripped body that a lot of people dream of. 
like what does your diet includes like is, is it just a regular food i'm sure it's not then what what are the kind of diet that you put on your body yourself yeah so actually what i just told you is exactly what my diet is all about so i have aloo palak which is aloo as potatoes palak is your spinach so aloo palak gravy along with 100 grams of rice right so that covers my carb intake and then i take dal around 150 grams which gives me roughly 40 grams of protein and then i take a soya and then i take lots of curd right so i love curd so i take around 600 grams of curd which is like super low calorie it kind of works as a dessert um so yeah curd soya and dal which is where my protein primarily is coming from some days when i'm not able to let's say if i'm going out and i'm not eating food at home i come back and quickly take one scoop of whey protein put it in the cup and eat right but that's about it so soya dal rice potatoes and spinach and curd lots of curd and you don't eat non veg no i quit non veg i do eat eggs from time to time sometimes if i'm if i'm out or you know if i'm in some sort of a social gathering but at home i i typically prefer veg super thanks for sharing that so now let's talk about your book lose fat get fitter the simple science of staying healthy for life and uh, people must have realized after listening to us for almost half an hour uh, you simplifying the science of staying healthy for life i have gone through the book and i loved the the simplicity with you have explained the science of staying healthy and uh, after reading this book and also the conversation that i had with you right now made me realize that how simple this is and i it made me wonder you know why was it that people made this such a fuss about this why this simple information was made so complex that people dread like hitting gym just like you know i just don't know what this is all about and uh, and i'm thinking that hey you know what the moment i start hitting gym that means i need to take some sort of powder i need to take some sort of stuff and so on and so forth right so there's a lot that's there and because of which even you know a lot of people doing the right thing always have in back of their mind like am i doing something wrong should i also be taking that protein powder that's new in the market or that supplement that everybody is talking about or that new diet that everyone is talking about so first of all thank you so much for simplifying everything on your book so tell us a bit about what made you write this book uh, try and share this knowledge with everyone and bring it in the market so 6 years back i wrote the book called get shredded which was a culmination of everything i knew back then and uh, the book went through several revisions and it was uploaded for free right the idea was that people will read this book and they wouldn't need my help and they can just get fit uh, on their own um, which happened in larger majority cases but for some people still the book felt a little more technical and so a lot of people wanted me to make it even more simpler than get shredded document which is what i've tried to do it uh, then they wanted us to cover some case studies then they wanted us to talk about specific cases i wanted us to cover about how to build a training plan all right so all those things by taking in feedback for from these people over the last few years then rupa publications they contacted me they wanted they they told me that you know it will be a good idea if i if i wrote a book because people are looking for health and wellness um self help books and so it was like i had something like this in mind people already had uh, sort of a demand and then yeah, rupa approaching me was was kind of like a final trigger so I said sure let's do it and it took a lot of time i think almost 2 years to finish yeah because get started was already simple right so and and me at a certain fitness level i i can't sometimes relate with what is simple and what is complex for an absolute beginner 
right? So I, I took in feedback from a lot of people who were absolute beginners. I had no clue about what fitness is, where to start, and incorporated all of this and lose fat, get better. The idea was that no matter at what age group, what experience, what gender, what profession, what background you are from, uh, you will still walk away more knowledgeable and you will still be able to stay fit for life by just following the basics uh, outlined in the book. Super. I absolutely love reading this and uh, I love the simplicity with which you have explained everything. And I also love the way you uh, draw a lot of parallel with a lot of things that we can understand, right? So the way you have mentioned about, you know, the car or the way you have given other analogies, which we can completely relate. Ah, that makes sense, right? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love that. So I highly recommend everyone listening to check the book out. I'll put the link on the description of this episode. Before I let you go, Jetandra, is there any one last piece of advice that you want to leave our audience with when it comes to fitness? Uh, yeah, don't worry too much about getting fit. Uh, remember, getting fit is... It's just a matter of hygiene. I'm, I'm sure you would have different reasons, but one of the best reasons and one of the uh, one of the primary reasons that you should focus on when you're starting your fitness journey is that it's body's hygiene. And without a healthy body, you cannot have a healthy mind as our ancestors have told us, as Mahatma Gandhi did tell us, right? So a clean body, clean mind, clean house, clean intentions, all these things the fundamental pillars of growth. And when I talk about growth, we are not just talking about physical growth, but mental, social, emotional, and of course, financial growth. Right? All these things work hand in hand. Do not ignore any of these aspects. I start by doing what's more simple, which is the physical health, and then build from there. Right? Physical, mental, social, emotional. All of these things go hand in hand. So don't ignore any of these things. All right. It has been great conversation, Jesse. Thank you so much for being on the show once again. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inspiring Talk. I have learned a ton about staying fit from Jitendra. Hope you found a lot of value in this episode. Now we have the Inspiring Talk community on Telegram. This is where you get to interact with me and other listeners of this podcast. Also, I share a ton of content there, like the book that I'm reading or the content that I'm consuming, the podcast that I'm listening and so on. And also, you can share your feedback on making this show better, interact with other community members and so on and so forth. I'll put the link in the description of this episode. Make sure that you join our Telegram community. You can find all the links on the show notes of this episode at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash one, two, three. Don't forget to share this episode as your Instagram story and tag me at the rate Bize Speaks. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next. Now go out there and do something inspiring.